Welcome to the Nutrition Reviews podcast series. Nutrition Reviews is published by Oxford University Press and is an international peer-reviewed journal that publishes authoritative and critical literature reviews on current and emerging topics in nutritional science, food science, clinical nutrition, and nutrition policy. Each month, we talk with authors who have contributed to Nutrition Reviews to find out who they are, why they wrote their review, and how they think their reviews should be used to advance nutritional sciences. I'm Douglas Terran, the Editor-in-Chief for Nutrition Reviews. This month, I have the pleasure of speaking with Virden Amotsopoulos, who's at the Medical Research Center in Cambridge. And she, with her colleagues from Brussels and from the MRC and from Pamplona, Spain, wrote a really interesting paper on portion size estimation and dietary assessment. It was a systematic review of the existing tools their strengths and limitations. This was a really interesting paper because dietary methods is the bread and butter of nutritional assessment. And I think one of the things we talk about air is always about you know, how are people reporting what they consume. So I'd like to uh, welcome you, Birdham, to this podcast. And let's start off by just having you tell us a little bit about yourself and what got you interested in writing this article and doing this review? Well, I am a nutrition researcher working as a dietary and nutrient data manager in the NIHR Cambridge Biomedical Research Center measurement platform in dietary assessment team at the MRC Epidemiology Unit, University of Cambridge. My main responsibility is developing and managing dietary data and related databases including supporting the development of innovative approaches for data capture. Throughout, um, through my bachelor and PhD degrees in nutrition and later work experience, I got more and more interested in the factors affecting the quality of dietary data capturing process, such as dietary assessment methods, portion size estimation, and food composition tables. What made you decide to specifically write this paper on portion size estimation and this whole area of portion size estimation elements, which are really, the, I guess, the tools we use to help yes, us yes, estimate portion yes. size? Yeah, they are the portion size estimation tools. So the uh, assessment of dietary intake is critical for nutrition and public health research. But it's very challenging to measure it accurately due to the great variety in what and how people eat. Researchers most commonly rely on self-reported information using dietary assessment methods such as 24-hour recalls. And all of these are subject to measurement error as people have different ideas about how big a portion is. And capturing accurate information on portion size is definitely crucial. Researchers often use portion size estimation tools such as food images, household utensils, or food models like imitation of food such as plastic sandwich, for example. However, we don't really know how well these estimation approaches work really. Overall, there is lack of knowledge on their strengths and uh, limitations. And to our knowledge, there were very few systematic reviews in this area. And those that had been done were limited because they included a small number of studies or only examined, uh, examined a narrow range of portion size estimation tools. So working with Eva Al, Dr. Eva Almiron-Roik, 
the last author of our paper, we decided to undertake this comprehensive systematic review. Some of your findings were really interesting to me. I saw that you wrote that with the review, the less air was with photos compared with plastic food models or with even using bowls and, and ladles and the, these portion sizes that you can estimate volume with. Can you tell me a little bit more about those findings and what was maybe surprising to you or something that you thought was, uh, you hypothesized even ahead of time that you thought would be and came out the right way? So in this review, we analyzed more than 300 studies published across a broad time period from early 19th to 2018. In total, more than 500 portion size estimation tools were identified and compiled in an in-house database that represents the first complete inventory of portion size estimation tools to date. We categorized portion size estimation tools according to a wide range of categories and factors. The two most common tools were household utensils and photographic tools such as food atlases. Although household utensils are very popular in studies, probably due to their practicality, it was interesting to see that the evidence from validation studies suggested that food images were more accurate than household utensils and also from food models. Having said this, um, the accuracy of tools was not reported consistently across all studies, which made it difficult to compare the accuracy of different portion size estimation tools. This is actually something uh, we hoped <laughs> would be easier. And in line with that, our quality assessment also showed that only a few validation studies were of high quality. Another finding is digital images are being increasing, increasingly used for portion size estimation. And we found no differences in accuracy between using digital images or printed food images. So it is clear that there is a potential for more technological innovation. For example, using mobile technologies to enable participants to upload their own portion size images, or even to use automated portion size estimations, such as taking a photo and letting the app work out how big the portion is. So you're thinking that these new apps that are being created I've seen some, one is done by, I think, Dr. Bruchet at the University of Hawaii has created a, a phone app that takes a picture and estimates the, the portion of it. There's even some people at, I think, the um, Department of Defense in the U.S. who's doing sort of three-dimensional pictures uh, estimations. That That is really a potential feasible way to move this area of data collection forward. Absolutely, absolutely. I know Carol Bishi quite well. We were uh, we worked in another paper together with her, and they have this famous Tada project and the application. And I think yes, they have very promising studies. Initially, they were probably testing, but at the moment they are more and more promising. Um, especially the auto image recognition is really exciting area. Well, that's really good to know that you that you work with her. Has this changed how you are collecting dietary data at the moment? Well, diet is, I would say, extremely complex and portion size estimation is part of this complexity. While this review encourages researchers to be more aware when considering the quality of portion size estimation tools, 
it's also true that there is a lack of quality research on portion size estimation and there is a need to improve the reporting standards for these methods in publications. So I hope that being better informed about the limitations in this area helps me to develop ways to improve the accuracy of portion size estimation in the studies. Most of the work that you've been working on really relates to dietary recalls or maybe even food frequency questionnaires when you say small, medium, large types of portions. Do you think this review has any impact on how people might do dietary records when they actually are recording what they eat as they move forward? That clearly the taking a picture of what you eat is more like a record than let's say a recall. So do you think it's better to then educate someone about how to record what they eat, no matter if they're using a photo or they're weighing and do it that way? or compared to a recall? Because there are pros and cons with cost and you know, labor and, 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 and um, even how well someone complies with recording their information. Yeah. So I'd like to get your thoughts on that because you really are yeah. working in this area. Um, thank you. So I would say that in, in terms of recording and 24-hour recalls, our review also uh, identified that there are many 24-hour recalls, that they are using technology and digital images. And this seems like the future also because of its practicality. But I wouldn't say that there was a difference in accuracy using 24-hour recall, using digital images or recording. So I can't really clearly say that there is a difference, but I think 24-hour recalls are uh, using digital images are quite promising. In terms of the training, I think the training element can be definitely, uh, it seems to be improving the quality of uh, data. But even if it is recording or 24-hour recall, training can always be provided to participants. It can be even for 24-hour recall, providing a bit of training to respondents about how to think about their previous diet, uh, their portion sizes uh, would help. So I think training and uh, is the key here. So one more sort of subject matter question about uh, diet uh, reporting. You speak about accuracy. And you know, a lot of the ways you measure accuracy is through like the standard deviation or the coefficient of variation about how well people are collecting what is true versus the variation, yeah. right? So there's random error and there's bias. And are you, did you have any indication about maybe one's leading to more bias? Is one methodology leading to more overestimation or underestimation. And it's just not random error that's you know, worse with um, models compared to pictures. Yeah, absolutely. The older studies yes, report on the accuracy and this is where we have focused, but we also saw that there are various bias are involved in this process uh, and random errors. This is because people may have different perceptions on the portion size or because of the uh, way the food was presented to the, uh, to the participant. And all these bias are, um, are there and it is important that researchers consider this bias as well as the accuracy of the, uh, of the tool. So definitely we have to think about what size we're showing people of a portion, what a portion size looks like, because that could influence how people yeah. report a portion size. 
yeah, definitely the familiarity, the familiarity of the participant with the food or yeah, the way to start, it all affects um, the, the quality of data. So. And so what, what's, what are you planning to do next? Where, where's your research going in the future? Uh, I'm currently working on using technology for dietary assessment in the UK national nutrition surveys, as well as in South Asian settings. Recently, my team has been working on implementing Intake24, which is an online 24 hour recall uh, to be used in dietary data collection in the UK and South Asian settings. I am particularly interested in working on improving digital images and portion sizes for UK settings and also in developing practical solutions for complex issues. For example, how to estimate portion size in the context of traditional eating habits, such as people sharing dishes, eating with hands, and customary portions, especially in low and middle income countries. Well, that's really good. I, I really appreciate that you're doing things not just in the UK, but you, uh, you are looking at low and middle income countries and you know, they don't always have the highest technology available to them. So really the, collecting the initial data, you know, good, you know, it's really the data that you put into your system is what counts, right? So it's the, that first step of collecting the right data and then you can analyze it in all different ways. So I really appreciate that you're doing that. We all don't have to have huge you know, nutrient databases to make progress in nutrition, I, I think. Yeah, absolutely. This review also identified that there were very um, limited number of studies conducted in low and middle income uh, countries in terms of portion size estimation. So they really need, there's really a, a need for more research uh, uh, on portion size estimation in low and middle income countries. And I'm quite excited to work on this topic. Well, Berlin, thank you so much for spending this time with me. Um, I really, again, appreciated the paper that you wrote. It really has a huge impact on all the future nutrition studies that are going to be done as we collect dietary data. And I wish you the best. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Next month, I will be speaking with Sarah Shaw, a senior research assistant and a PhD student, and Dr. Christina Vogel, a Principal Research Fellow in Public Health Nutrition at the MRC Life Course Epidemiology Unit at the University of Southampton in the United Kingdom. Along with their colleagues, Jordan Natani and Janice Baird, they published a systematic review of the influences of food store product placement on dietary-related outcomes, with the aim to determine how product placement strategies, availability, and positioning in physical retail food stores located in high-income countries influence dietary-related behaviors. Their review of 17 observational studies and 22 intervention studies suggests that greater availability and more prominent positioning of healthy foods or reduced availability and less prominent positioning of unhealthy foods related to better dietary-related behaviors by consumers. However, they also reported that there are many methodological difficulties with this research field, which will be discussed. The Nutrition Reviews podcast was produced and edited by Eric Healy at the Western Region Public Health Training Center Studio at the University of Arizona, Mel and Enid Zuckerman College of Public Health. 
Original music was created by Eli Ruiz. Funding for the podcast was provided by the International Life Sciences Institute. To get more updated information on nutrition, go to the journal's website at academic.oup.com slash nutrition reviews and subscribe to the podcast to be notified when the next episode is available. I'm Douglas Tarum. Thank you for spending some time with us.